Hello and welcome to another episode of Thought Shared Souls Baird. I'm Katie. And I'm Jill. And Jill, would you like to introduce our very um, special guest? Okay, so today we have Cinco Paul, who is the writer, creator, showrunner, genius mind behind Schmigadoon. And I'm super excited that we get to talk to him because as everyone knows, I'm obsessed with Schmigadoon. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um and when this episode goes up the first two episodes will have come out so I'm very excited about that um so Singo if you want to like talk a little bit about the plot of it and like take us through kind of what Schmigadoon is that would be really awesome sure happy to do it and thanks for having me um I'm excited to be here so basically Schmigadoon is a story it's about a couple played by Cecily Strong and Keegan-Michael Key, who they're a pair of doctors. They've been together for three or four years and especially Cecily's character, Melissa, feels the relationship's a little stagnant. It's not what she was hoping it would be. And so she convinces Keegan to go on this backpacking trip to try to rejuvenate things, relight that fire. They end up lost and fighting and, and then they stumble into this they go across a bridge and stumble into this town called Schmigadoon, which is in a musical. So basically they, at first they just think, you know, that this is like a colonial Williamsburg thing where everyone's doing it for tourists. But when they try to leave and find out they can't, and they are told you can't leave Schmigadoon until you find true love, they realize, oh, we're stuck here. This is magic. And the rest of the show is basically the two of them figuring out how do we get out of Schmigadoon? Yeah. How do we find true love, whatever that is? Yeah. And I love, I was telling Marina last night, I was like, I couldn't get enough of it because the entire thing was just so magical because I love a golden age movie musical and the whole thing just felt like the magic of a golden age movie musical in like six episodes <laughs> of a TV show. And it was perfect like I was obsessed with it um and so and not just that you were you noticed that like hey it's the same length of a movie musical yeah I was like I feel like I literally just sat down watched like carousel and then was like oh cool two and a half hours later I am like a changed person <laughs> like, yeah was, I mean for me two and a half hours is too long for a movie but it's a great <laughs> it's the a great length for a limited series or you know six yeah. episodes of of tv so yeah absolutely um, so what was like kind of, obviously you love musicals and movie musicals, otherwise you probably wouldn't have written this. Yeah. Um, it does not so come like, out of a place of hate. Yeah. No, <laughs> couldn't no, be. Absolutely not. A rage project. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I will take down musicals. They destroyed my life. No, they changed my life. They made it better, right? So this is, sure. this is the love letter in every way. Absolutely. I felt that when I was watching it. So like, what are some of your like favorite movie musicals that you got to like kind of incorporate into it? And then like, what were some that you kind of wish you had been able to, but like didn't get to put in it? Um, that's a good question. I mean, Singing in the Rain is one of my favorite movies of all time. I think that's the greatest movie musical ever. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's Singing in the Rain in this show as you, yeah. you, you can probably tell and so that's definitely there and then it really is all these movie musicals that are also Broadway musicals like you were referencing the golden age you know 
It's Oklahoma and Carousel and Sound of Music and Music Man has always been like a favorite. And, and basically the town of Schmigadoon is very much, we're in that sort of river city uh, world. So all of those are in there. The only thing that it was hard for, to do is because I made a decision to make it a small town. And so it's a small town musical. So you don't, I wasn't able to, incorporate a lot of stuff that you find in big city musicals mm -hmm. right, you yeah. know um like the the fred astaire ginger rogers movies or sort of these showbiz movies like the bandwagon or think you know that are set in new york city really wasn't able to do that but there was plenty to be mined you know in the rogers and hammerstein stuff for sure absolutely and i must say the the uh the sound of music bits were some of my favorites I have to say with with Jane Krakowski my god I just like she killed it <laughs> she killed it and you know uh Allison Silverman wrote that episode and really? and she's this writer who worked on Kimmy Schmidt so she knew Jane pretty well and so I I, I mean I I had sort of mapped out you know the whole sound of music subplot and that this Baroness character would show up and so she said oh that's got to be Jane so she wrote it for Jane and then Jane came and actually did a bunch of our table reads very early on but we didn't know if we were going to get her for the actual show because of COVID and scheduling and all this crazy stuff but when she signed on and we had her I realized well the Baroness doesn't sing a song. Jane Krakowski has to sing a song. So I actually wrote a song just for just for her to sing that that and and it was fun because, like I said, we didn't really get to do the sophisticated musicals. Not that not that Rogers Hammerstein are unsophisticated, but you know, like city musicals. And so I said, Oh, a Cole Porter song. I'm gonna write a Cole Porter song for Jane Krakowski to sing. And and so that was that was hers. That but yeah, the sound of music is the one that like is the most blatant parody. Yeah. I mean, definitely yeah. Aaron's character is is <laughs> Billy Bigelow. <laughs> and that was like the literal my first thing that I noticed. I was like, oh, Aaron's playing Billy Bigelow. I love it. It's <laughs> like I'm obsessed yeah. with that. <laughs> yeah, love it. A Carnival Barker, love it. That's love right. It. It's a tunnel of love, though. It's not a carousel, so it's... That's true, which I did, I did love that, like, that little bit. I thought that that was really, really good. Right after Jane Krakowski's whole scene ended, and there's a moment with Cecily and Erica Hunter, and it literally, I lost my mind when I watched it. <laughs> because I, like, the second that, like, the lights started to, everything like that, I was like it's West Side Story. Like, I was like, this is like a West Side Story. It's like West Side also, Story, almost like the Lori, but also like almost like a Lori Dream Ballet from Oklahoma. Yeah, like it's, totally the, it's totally the Lori Dream Ballet. Yeah. yeah. And, and just so you know, we wrote a Dream Ballet. I mean, oh. I, I wrote it and, and I worked on it with Allison and we were always struggling with it because she was like, what is this, you know? And, and, but Chris Gatelli, our choreographer was really excited to dive into it. But early on in production, as we were getting ready to start, it became clear, like, we're just not gonna be able to pull this off. Right. It's just like with our schedule, you know, COVID made everything tighter. And, and, and so, and we were always unsure, like, 
do we want to subject people to <laughs> ballet? You know, it was fun and it was kind of funny, but then again, it, it, it you know, I hate those. I, I, you know, I do fast forward through them. So I, so I called Allison and said, you know what? We're not going to be able to do the dream ballet. And, 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 sh and she was like, oh, that's fine. <laughs> and, and then we t sort of talked about like, what, how do we salvage that moment? And then we came up with the idea that once is about to start and then Cecily's character just shuts it down. And uh, so that's I how that happened. It's so much better than actually doing a dream ballet because you get right. kind of the best of both worlds. I literally, it was so funny when I was watching it because I was excited because like, I feel like I'm in the minority. I'm like the only person on the planet that loves a dream ballet. And I was like so excited about it. And then it happened and I was like, that's fine too. This is really funny. <laughs> so I was like, I'm, it's fine. <laughs> I am so curious how, because the show must have been in the works for for years. How how did COVID, you know, affect things? Like, did did was production pushed a significant amount? Um, it, yeah, it was pushed a little bit. I, I think we and we originally intended to be starting in the spring mm -hmm. of last year, right? And so, and that's exactly when. COVID hit. And so, so it kept on pushing things off and, you know, I, and I'm seeing other shows kind of get canceled as a result of this. And I was just like, Oh no, please. We were so close to Shmigadoon. Is it is, you know, studios were looking for excuses not to do things, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, but thank you, you know, we had Lorne and, and then these stars kept on signing on. And I think it just, it, it made it impossible for them to, to say no. So, so it did get pushed. We started shooting in October mm -hmm. and, and it did tighten our schedule. You know, I mean, this is a, it's a big show. There's a lot there yeah. and we really only had about six weeks to, to do it all. Um, but that was really the only impact. I mean, they were really careful to keep everybody safe and mm -hmm. didn't have any shutdowns or anything. Uh, Everybody yeah. stayed healthy, which was was great. Marina was telling us every 72 hours, COVID test, no swab. Yeah, yeah. Three times. I mean, it was it was even more for for me. Oh wow. I was like, maybe I was every other day. I feel like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, those were those were my tests. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, just to keep them going and just make sure everybody's healthy. And you know, we sh we were shooting six days a week, which did help because on you know, people didn't have time to go out and, mm -hmm. and potentially get infected. Like they were so exhausted. They just spent all the Sunday at home recuperating, but um, we were really fortunate, but it was also great that everybody, it really was this labor of love for everybody. So we had this feeling of like, we can't get shut down. We really, you know, let's all uh, do our best to make sure that, that we stay healthy. Yeah. And you had this massive, like, absolutely stacked cast. Is that like the biggest dream come true, assembling that cast of actors with such a high, like, reputation for each one of them? Yeah, that, that was, it was crazy to me. I mean, obviously, I had all, you know, I wrote Mildred Layton for Kristen Chenoweth. Mm -hmm. You know, and Countess was written for Jane Krakowski and Doc Lopez was written for Jaime, who's Camille, who's a friend of mine. And so in so many ways, it's like these, it was a dream come true. And I think a lot of that was the power of Lorne, you know, helped us yeah. 
Mm-hmm. He really pushed like, oh, let's get the biggest stars we possibly can. And then some up and comer, you know, I'm just hard to call Ariana DeBose an up and comer, but she's but she, she's, like she's having such a moment right now. Yeah. <laughs> and we are so here for it with the prom Schmigadoon and West Side Story movie. It's we're so oh, excited for on top of all of her Broadway credits. It's, yeah, she's she, so good. The show is a revelation. I hope people just it, people are going to explode with joy at her her performance in this like Absolutely. especially that number with the kids is like oh my, it, my favorite thing in the whole show um, it. it's so good but but um yeah and then to have like Dove Cameron Fred Armisen you know like, it was uh it was crazy it was definitely like it's definitely a cast that like there's someone for everyone like everyone knows at least someone in the cast and I think that that definitely is like helping with getting people to watch it. Cause everyone's like, oh, Fred Armisen in a musical TV show. Cool. Yeah. I'll watch it. Cause like, that's interesting. And like, I know that that's like one of the reasons my dad is excited about it. Cause like my dad, he low key loves musicals but he never wants to admit it. Um, and so, <laughs> but he loves Fred Armisen and I know that he's like genuinely excited to watch it. So oh, good. I think that'll help. <laughs> I think so one of the things I like most is it's a lot of reunions for a lot of these actors too, because you know, if you have Kristen Chenoweth and Dove Cameron, they've been in things together. And then I know that Dove Cameron and Jaime Camille did uh, Mamma oh, Mia yeah. at the Bowl, which I loved. I was so grateful to see that. Um, and then I love those little reunions where you're just like, I know these two were in this together. So you, it does feel almost like a family, it seems like. I mean, we had that feeling on set. There was a lot of love on the set. And I think it all stemmed from, we were all there. We love musicals so much, you know, everybody, even Keegan, you know, he loves them. And he had to play someone who doesn't, which was, you know, tough for him. And we haven't really seen Keegan do many musicals. And then he's in the prom and now Schmigadoon. I'm into it. He's singing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was crazy. I'm obsessed. I love love Keegan. He's so great in this. I mean, I, I, I have to say that that um, a key part of, of the success of the show for me is that this relationship feels real and that they feel like a real modern couple, you know? And, and I think Cecily and Keegan were both like amazing at grounding it. Also, they had great, they like genuinely liked each other and were having yeah. fun every day on the set, so. And you can, you can definitely tell. Like, I think it definitely shows in the show, yeah. which I love. And I love how you said that, like, everyone in it just loves musicals. And there was um, something that I was reading the other day where, um, I believe it was you that said this, that you had shown um, Aaron one of the big numbers as like when it was being filmed and like his like that whole part like that whole thing that I was reading it made me like tear up a little bit because I was like I miss it and I'm I miss getting to watch it so like getting to see this has was like an absolute joy for me like I was so excited about it and so like getting to see it like with all these amazing incredible talented people was just like unreal Yes, crazy. Yeah, that was a great moment. I mean, it really hit me. I was, it was that cross that bridge number, you know, which is one of, was one of it? that was one of my favorite numbers. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad to hear that because, because I don't, you know, haven't got a lot of response to that. Hear people mention that number, but it's one of my favorites because I just I love, love a female ensemble yeah. number, you know, it's very, mm-hmm. I'm going to watch the man right out of my hair, but it's also Brotherhood of Man and, you know, yeah. the Frank Lesser songs. But yeah, but that it was it was the last shot, which is, you know, we shot just it's a long take of them just doing all the dance that that 
Gatelli had choreographed. And I remember showing that to Aaron, yeah. And looking at him and he's just tearing up a bit because it's like, I miss this so much. It was really, there was that feel that like, oh, this is a real privilege that while it's all shut down, we're still able to do this. And that was my initial concern with doing it in Vancouver because I thought I, we wanted, had wanted to do it in New York, you know, where we just have access to the best of the best. But it turns out that so many of the best of the best, like Erica and her brother and, you know, Maybe. are Canadian. <laughs> They're like, I was telling Marina last night, I was like, I would give anything to be anywhere near the Yang siblings because they are literally two of my favorite dancers to watch. Oh my gosh. They're amazing. I will tell you, you know, you know, and I don't, I didn't have a lot of experience with any of any of these dance. I didn't know them beforehand, any of them at all, you know, but Chris, he said, oh, just you wait. (laughs) We we found amazing people. Don't worry that, you know, because we're not doing it in New York. And yeah, Erica is like, she just shown, you could see like, and and look, you have Marina on, she's amazing too. Like Erica just, she gave it her freaking all every time. It was just really impressive. I mean, they all impressed me. It was crazy. There were so many times I'd say to Chris, like, so should we have them rest before we do (laughs) another? That would kill me what they just and he'd say like no they're warmed up I'm like warmed up aren't they like didn't that destroy them to do that he said like no 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 let's do another one right now so he's I a love, superhuman I'm like such a huge fan of an ensemble number Katie and I talk about them all the time because I think ensembles are like the best part of musicals and so um I was thrilled that we got like an on-screen musical that showed the ensemble like and showed their faces. I know that sounds weird, but like yeah. ensemble never gets enough credit. And so like getting to see each individual person's face on camera was so amazing. And I was so excited about it. <laughs> like that was probably one of the things I was the most excited about with the show. Yeah, that was really, you know, we wanted to highlight the ensemble and and make them real characters in the town. And then the diversity of the ensemble was also really, really important to us and really important to Cecily. And that was something that Cecily and I fought for that's like, no, 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 this can't, the ensemble can't look like the ensembles from those 40s and 50s movies. Mm -hmm. If it does, we've failed miserably, you know, so, so, uh, so we wanted it to look like America, and you know, and there's there's talent to spare. I mean, these they're anyway, they're just incredible. I was gonna say we could talk about the ensemble for like three hours, and I would be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I love. Were there aside from you know getting the Dream Ballet cut? Were there other songs that you just you, you had written that just couldn't fit their way into the story? Um, from other shows like that, that resemble other shows that you wish that you would, could have kept? Yeah, there was, you know, originally we wrote eight episodes Mm. and then Apple said, we only want to make six. So I had to like squeeze, you know, uh, compressed episodes and cut a lot of stuff. There was a whole episode where Cecily was in a convent and she started and she spent it in a convent. And that was, I loved that episode so much, but we just, we just couldn't do it. And then it was a fun surprise when like you realize, oh, now we're in Sound of Music, you know? Right. Um, 
but in that episode, there was a song between, um, you know, Nancy and Freddie, the, the couple, she's pregnant and the couple that, that yeah. Melissa ends up helping out, they had a song called We Neck in the Basement, <laughs> which was basically a parody of We Kiss in the, in the Shadows from uh, King and I. And it was because they were hiding in the basement of the convent, and, you know, and, and so mm -hmm. when I rewrote it and there was no convent anymore, we put them in that shack, you know, but, but that- That scene alone was also amazing. Like that scene made me laugh so hard. Oh yeah, the do re mi, the yeah. Yeah, but vagina as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, so that song got cut. There were a couple other songs. There was a song called It's August, which was very, it's like, it's August, it's August. It's, it's like a June is busting out all over yeah. song, mm -hmm. which ended up getting cut. Not a lot. Oh, the mayor initially like was going to have a much bigger coming out song. Mm. Kind of a don't rain on my parade. That would have like been amazing. Big, but which would have been amazing, but ultimately we just didn't have room for it. But I yeah. thought it, it was, but the idea of having him reprise his song is like, I'm a home, you know, I think yeah. works very nicely, but I was a little sad because there was this big, don't rain on my parade number that we were going to do, just couldn't, couldn't find the space for it. Right. That's amazing though. I would have loved to have seen that. I'm so interested on you know, the ultimate decision of going with Apple TV and Apple TV Plus, because there is this, it feels like there's this large push from them where they are saying, no, yeah, we we want like the musical theater people. We have Central Park, you know, now Schmigadoon, and then they're gonna be the ones with the Come From Away pro shot. Right. Was, was that one of the, I mean, they hadn't shot Come From Away yet, but was Central Park something that you had, scene that you thought yes this is feels kind of in the same vein no it, it that hadn't come out yet you oh. know and we pitched it to apple and it was just sort of you know you pitch to everybody you can and try to find someone to say yes and you know the first play, couple places we pitched to amazon i'm like amazon this, this is not an amazon show no. but, but mm -hmm. apple uh, they loved it right away. You know, they responded right away. And I'll tell you, they were an amazing place to do this show because they really let me and the rest of us just make the show that we wanted to make. They were very hands-off, very helpful, but also like their notes were minimal. It was really a dream. And then it ends up being, I mean, I feel like Schmigadoon is very on brand for them with Ted Lasso and this kind of yeah. mm -hmm. non-cynical, very earnest, optimistic view of the world, which is my view of the world, <laughs> uh, just, just so you know. But I think it goes hand in hand with Ted Lasso and just the feel of, and tone of that show. So hopefully, you know, I know that people are going to, there's going to be resistance from people who don't like musicals to watching this, but hopefully the Ted Lasso crowd, some of that will spill over into our show. Too. Well, yeah, I mean, if Ted Lasso, you have, uh, that's Jason Sudeikis' show, right? You yeah. have, you can be like, oh, it has Cecily Strong and Fred Armisen, you know, that you have SNL people, crossover. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah. It's with Lauren Michaels, like, you have that crossover, hopefully. And especially with yeah. SNL, they have, they have, musical numbers like Cecily Strong doing um 
like what was the lobster diner on right. SNL? It was one yeah. of my <laughs> favorite well, sketches. This past year, I think like, you know, there was clearly a goal to have Cecily sing in every yes. SNL episode. Yeah. They're trying to like urge it, be like, if you like her on this, everybody go check out Schmigadoo. Yeah. yeah. Cecily singing is funny. Maybe you should have watched her show. Yeah. Absolutely. I would. I, I have. Feel like, love it. I feel like musical theater kids, I'm going to call you musical theater kids, you two. Like it fits. you are going to be crucial to the success. Because I think... I think a, sh- a movie like The Greatest Showman became mm-hmm. like a massive hit because you guys, I don't know if you responded to that one in particular, but 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 the musical theater kids like came out and mm-hmm. watched it like a dozen times and that's what made it. That was one of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's what I'm kind of hoping for with Schmigadoon, which is this like, oh, musical theater nerds unite and let's, you know, come out. Yeah, and you do have that big, big incorporation with having, you know, Aaron Tveit, who is currently nominated for a Tony. Finally. Yes. Yeah, which is exciting. <laughs> unopposed. Unopposed. Yeah. That, those, that information came out while you guys were filming, if you've Yeah, yeah, out. yeah, we found out, yeah. So we congratulated him on the set, basically he said, looks like Aaron just won a Tony. <laughs> I mean, that was you my know, first reaction. Tony winners, you know, Alan and Kristen and Jane mm-hmm. are all Tony winners, yeah. So he's yeah. in good company on yeah. the show with them. I think, that, I think one of the main things, like, yeah, like having like Aaron and everything, like, I think with theater kids, it helps that you have Broadway people in the show because a lot of times with movie musicals, it's like, oh, let's A-list cast this, like, there's no tomorrow. And then it's like, but then it misses the mark, like it misses something. But then you have stuff like Schmigadoon and um, The Prom, which incorporates like all these amazing actors you wouldn't normally get to see in like a big mainstream thing. And, but they're people that we know and they're people that we love and we know are talented. And so finally getting to see them like in a mainstream way is really exciting. And I think that really helps as well. Yeah, and that was really important to me because I wanted everyone to sing live on set. I wanted them to all do their own singing because there was a lot of put like names were floated for Danny that I was like, well, that person can't sing. Oh, we'll just have someone, you know, dub. And I was like, no, I want real musical theater people with real musical theater chops. And so that's why you get Aaron and Ariana and and then Kristen and, you know, all these people that and Jane who did like yeah. and Anne Harada I love Anne Harada many times in many shows yeah yeah, yeah. and Anne Harada right and Anne and yeah Ugh, it's so exciting it's like everywhere you turn you you blink and you're like oh I remember that person from this show and it's it's so exciting that they have such a a deep theater theatrical background I, I that's something that I think is so I think crucial to doing a show like a 1950s musical. These are people who have all done these kinds of shows growing up through school, through summer stock, through revivals. They're, they're yeah. well aware. Yeah. That Kristen number tribulation, like who could have done that but Kristen Chenoweth? Literally. Mm-hmm. Like Katie Absolutely. texted me, that was one of Katie's like, like texts that she sent me while she was watching and she was like, okay, Kristen Chenoweth doing a music man number <laughs> and I was like 
exactly. Like I was like, it's everything. Yeah. I'm obsessed. Yeah. Um, so my personal favorite scene, we talked about this a lot with Marina. This came up in conversation a lot last night. Kept circling with, back to it. My okay. favorite song was Corn Pudding. <laughs> um, I don't know what it was. I was just like absolutely obsessed with that number. And so I, I had that number and then like a couple other scenes that are like seared into my brain forever I'm obsessed with but what was your like your favorite scene to write to film and to watch like are there different ones are they the same oh boy that's that's tough I will I'll I'll give you corn pudding was the first song I wrote for the show really sort of just like yeah because it's just yeah I was just trying to think like what is would be the most annoying song for Keegan's character to be (laughs) like the most banal thing to sing about, you know, and do a whole musical number about. Right. Um, I mean, I really love Ariana's number with all of your heart. I, I love kids tap dancing and singing and I love sort of this, the spelling bee aspect of it where they're shouting, you know, and Chris Catelli's choreography is amazing. She's amazing. Awesome. I think that's one of my favorite things in the, in the show. <sighs> I mean, it's it's hard because I just I am so freaking happy with how the show turned out. It's just a dream come true for me. So I love everything. I mean, I do really love. Well, we this is going to come out after only the first two, right? Yeah. So I don't yeah. So spoilers. Um, I really there's a very soft spot in my heart for the two songs that are in the final episode. I think I the, talked a lot about those yesterday too. Okay. Being very vague. Yeah. As vague as we possibly could. I was like, yeah. that last number hit me so hard in my heart. <laughs> oh, did it? That Good. That was, I'm so glad to hear that. That was a really hard one to write for me because it's the least jokey. You know, I really yeah. wanted it to be genuine. And it's a different sort of style. I don't want to spoil, but it's a different style of music yeah. from the other ones. Mm-hmm. It's a little more sophisticated, a little more complicated. Um, we thought it sounded a little more Sondheim. Yes. That's what we were yes. We were trying to that was one of my favorite moments from the first, the first table read when we were all in Vancouver, and that song plays, and as as the first piano, you know, uh, phrases are playing, Kristen Chenoweth turned to Dove and said, "Sondheim," <laughs> like with a big smile on her face. And I was like, <laughs> that's literally Katie and I were like obsessed with Stephen Sondheim. Obviously, like our podcast is about Souls Baird, and so like I that little bit of Sondheim that I got in it was like, that was more than enough. That was everything I needed. <laughs> I was like, this yeah. is perfect. <laughs> but like that song literally in my reel that I posted, part of me like weeping, that was during that. that was, that's what I, I know I can <laughs> I hear it in the background. Right. I knew exactly what was making you weep. Yeah. It yeah. was, it's, yeah. Like, it was so good. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad to hear it. I, um, yeah, I also, as far as a non-musical scene, um, I love Cecily's performance in the picnic basket auction as she's mm. getting drunker and drunker. Okay. And that was mm-hmm. written, you know, I knew it was Cecily and I knew she would kill that. So that was written very specifically to her talents and she freaking knocked it out of the park. It's so funny and just so likable. <laughs> and it. it's, it's, yeah, that's one of my favorite scenes too. I'm very curious because you saying you wrote that to her talents. Were there any talents that 
from other actors that kind of surprised you that added an extra element to certain scenes that you weren't expecting that became like mind-blowingly beautiful because like I whenever Katie mentioned asking you this question I was like in my mind I was like Aaron Tveit can dance (laughs) and I, I have like some sad news for you which is like you can't tame me had a more extended dance no sequence. That was one of my and favorite parts. I had parts. to cut it because it's just too long. It was just yeah. like, and and he worked so hard on this and did an amazing job. But ultimately, like that song's long as as it is, and yeah. so and and so that had to go. But he's a he's an amazing dancer. Yeah. I'll tell you, I was really struck by how charming. Alan Cumming was in his song as the mayor, you know? I just, I thought he would give like a real fun performance, but but there was another level of just like sort of hammy, um, just like real, he, he brought something really special to that. I mean, every everybody was so good. I mean, Dove also was really impressive to me. Like I was unaware exactly how great her vocal chops were, but like she's like, super great and very consistent every time and also just like super smart and funny and and it's sort of on me for being stupid thing like oh she's blonde and she was in these disney things and she's cute and you know that was sort of my initial impression of of her but like oh no 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 i i i also fell victim to that as well and then i saw her in mamma mia at the bowl and i was like oh my gosh yeah this girl is so good yeah she did light in the piazza so it's just like yeah. which i which i also saw her in. oh you saw i didn't see yeah. that but she yes no she's that she's got a ton of talent she's and a really so good. good work ethic she's awesome she yeah. seems like it because she's constantly doing something like yeah. mm-hmm. she's amazing she's so incredible yeah, like I watched her in a lot of the Disney stuff because I'm younger. So like, yeah, I watched I was it. Not watching the, the Descendants or whatever those things were. Yeah, Descendants was like one of my favorite Disney Channel movies, like one of my favorite newer Disney Channel movies because the music and it's amazing. Everything about it's just like so good. But and I mean they threw Kristen Chenoweth in a Disney Channel movie, and I was like, absolutely, I'm gonna watch this. <laughs> like, yeah. absolutely. Um, but speaking of like the casting and like all the amazing people that got to be in it, would there maybe be a possibility of like a stage adaptation of Schmigadoon? Just, you know, a couple of people, as I've been doing like the press junkets and stuff, a couple of people yeah. have mentioned that and said like, oh, absolutely that should happen and that that will happen. And I had, I mean, here's, I have a resistance to just putting something on the Broadway stage that's basically mm-hmm. this already been done its best version somewhere else you know yeah. i hate all these movie adaptation musicals we, personally we've talked about this jill and i i, I mean i really anyway the only one that i love a lot is moulin rouge and i think it's because it's like so separate from the movie oh but like yeah but other than that yeah the constant movie to stage adaptations is like i'm yeah to you, me, do... you have to you have to answer that question why yeah. And, and I don't yeah. know what the answer to the question would be. I mean, the the idea of high schools putting on Schmigadoon is really fun and exciting to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. if, if like 
it going to Broadway, obviously <laughs> it's stupid to say like, oh, I wouldn't want to go to Broadway. You know, obviously that would be a dream come true, but like, what would it be that would, what would that bring to it that, that the show hasn't already done? But if there were a version of it that high schools could put on, that would be amazing. I would love that. Mm-hmm. So much. That'd be amazing. Would love that. I was like, I was like, okay, if they did do it, like a stage version, it could be like a promenade kind of site specific, immersive production, but that's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. It would be a great switch from like, you'd start off in New York. Right. And Mm -hmm. then and then suddenly you're in Schmigadoon and then the stage would rotate or something and then we're in the magic. It would be room. outrageously huge. <laughs> yeah. But in like the best way. Yeah. Because that was also another thing that um, Katie and I noticed a lot was the sets are incredible for the oh, show. And that's Bo Welch. Like, yeah, the production design. I, He's a genius. Yeah. I couldn't get enough of the carnival set and then like the town square. I was like obsessed with it like it's just it's huge it's very like this is a musical which is like my favorite thing on the planet so like I was so into that and seeing like the little things too Katie mentioned last night like um the big spread of food and Danny's breakfast house and everything yeah yeah. like all of that that made me laugh so hard because I was like it's so much but like But I love it. And then like all the stuff, like, I think you posted like a photo on Instagram of like the um, like grocery store in town, in town square. It was like, yeah. was like, how is it so like detailed? Like, that's amazing. It's crazy. Cause that general store, we never go inside that store. Right. right. But you go through that door, you're inside a general store and there's like kazoos for sale on the counter. I mean, the attention to detail was, was crazy. Yeah. And that Tunnel of Love set, I mean, I loved it was it. beautiful. And and when when Aaron and Cecily sort of disappear into it and then the doors yeah. sh- shut, it was like, That's that made cool. me so happy. But but really, I mean, kudos to, to Bo Welch, the production designer, who if you search him, you can see all his other credits. I mean, he's he's done amazing work. He's He's the best. Amazing. I was like just like absolutely in awe of it. Like I told Katie last night, I was like, I would have given anything to have just been on set for like an hour just to have like gone through and like seen all the little stuff and like gotten to like, just be there. <laughs> I just yeah. think that it's like so cool. Yeah, um, and they tore it all down. That was the saddest day. <laughs> my God. Yeah. Did you keep anything from set? Yes. Oh. Let's see. Yes. yes. Well, I love when people take things from sets. I love hearing it. It's kind of, it's, there's the Schmigadoon sign. It's still bubble wrapped because I haven't figured oh out. Oh my God. But you can oh see it. Oh my gosh. Love that. Got to keep things before, they, before yeah. they're gone. Yeah, yeah. And then I kept, like, there's some other props. Like, I have actually. Oh, oh my, my god. god. <laughs> <laughs> Have to keep those. Wait, anyone yeah, just watching like, this? <laughs> they said, like, you know, are there any things that you want? And I was like, well, I want the Josh and Melissa stone. Art, mm-hmm. art stones, of course. Oh, then I have the newspapers, you know, from Tribulation. Costuming gave me this uh, fireman's hat. <laughs> 
So Larry the Fireman's, I have his hat. I have, I have a bunch of Mayor Men Love and Mildred Layton, you know, campaign buttons and stuff like that. Oh my God, I love, I love that. I love that. I love seeing little, little deeds, especially the little ones. Yeah. Like the buttons. That'd be so cool. Yeah. Oh, and Marina had another question um, that she wanted us, she had two questions she wanted us to ask you. Um, okay. One of them is... Who's, the, who's your favorite dancer? <laughs> <laughs> One of them was, would there be a possibility of a season two? <laughs> right. Which I is also a question I have. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, um, okay, go ahead. You can ask so, them both and then I'll answer. Okay. Um, and then the other question would just be like, what is your biggest inspiration when writing? Because like we were talking last night about like how intricate all of the details and every like nod to a musical was how everything was just so perfectly curated and we were like how does his brain come up with this because like as much as I love watching and listening and everything about musicals I could never in a million years come up with any of this. Uh -huh. um, so for the first question I definitely have an idea and thoughts and very specific and I and, and but who knows, you know, we'll just, we'll see if we get a chance to do that. But I think there's, I think there's more to tell. And I mean, I would love to work with all, that, all those people forever, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, the writing process. I mean, so much of it comes from just a love of musicals, you know, and all those nods. And it is sort of, there's a part of me like both my brains, sides of my brain kind of kind of work. There's a part of me that's like creative, but then there's a part of me that's very like organized. And so I kind of love the math or the, the fun of like, how many references can we get in there? And like, okay, here's all my favorite musicals. Like how could they all tie together? And, you know, and um and then, you know, we have a, a writer's room filled. We had four other writers. There was Ken and I, and then Allison Silverman, Julie Klausner from Difficult People, Bowen Yang, you know, who was, who was promoted cast member, like <laughs> right after he, he worked on the show. And then another writer named Kate Gersten. And they all loved musicals, you know, so much. So, so, the first week or so of the room was just like we played, I showed tons of clips, you know, we would just watch these clips and start talking about what we loved about musicals, what was problematic about them, you know, what was kind of stupid or corny about them. And, and just like, that was the, the mandate, you know, and it's so, so great that you responded and talked about how it felt just sort of joyous and delightful. Cause that was, you know, the, the point for one, they're incredibly entertaining, the most entertaining things on earth. Two, they're very romantic. Three, they're corny and stupid. <laughs> or mm, kind of problematic now, a lot with the, the way they deal with gender and, and uh, all those sort of things. So, mm -hmm. so those were our four points that we were all determined to, to explore through the show. Mm -hmm. one, of, one of my favorite lines is when Keegan is asking if people die in musicals yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite things oh, he goes, yeah. that seems like all of the musicals 
That's yeah. And that's that I will tell you that scene was the hardest scene in the show to write. Because it's very really? tough because we've both been kind of unfaithful and mm -hmm. but we want them we have you know we want them to move forward and so Melissa's kind of got to be on board and then and then Josh is but then he's gonna you know backtrack immediately mm -hmm. just because he's so desperate to get out of there so that I mean we rewrote that scene a zillion times and even the day we were shooting it Keegan and, and, and Cecily came to me and said like, oh, we don't feel like it's working. And so it's like, oh, we're shooting this in an hour. And so the three of us sort of got together and kind of brainstormed and, um, and finally figured it out. And I think, I think it works, but, but I think that what you're referencing was, didn't happen on that day, mm -hmm. but it was a pretty later development. Like how do we reassure Keegan that he's not gonna be killed by the farmer, but still kind of keep the threat there. <laughs> and so that was the solution. And I was surprised too, when I realized, oh yeah, there's a lot of people get killed in these musicals. I mean, we didn't even mention Brigadoon. Right, yeah. We watched Brigadoon for the first time um, last week, for last week's episode, or I guess yeah. that would be two weeks episode, but we were just like shocked at that the movie. <laughs> came completely out of left field. Right. Just like, okay, this is happening yeah. now. It was weird. Yeah. That was right. the thing. Who knew? Who knew there was so much death and really like killing, like people getting killed. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, one of those things where you're just like, oh, yeah. okay. I didn't pick up on this, you know, however many years ago when I first watched it. Yeah. You do. Did you see the revival of Oklahoma? I did. Katie did. I didn't get to I did. I loved it so much, but it really does bring home like, oh, that ending is pretty, is a lot darker. <laughs> and, you know. It's the only version of Oklahoma I know because I've never seen the movie and I've never seen another version of it. I've so, seen the like, movie and everything, but I, I didn't get to see the revival. Yeah. It's one of those shows where I think about constantly, like the way Daniel Fish directed this show, it was both, it was, uncomfortable and like had my heart racing at certain parts and I was like I didn't know a golden age musical could do this to me yeah because they didn't really change the 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 text they didn't change the lines but just the tone of it at the end got so freaking dark it was crazy mm -hmm. yeah where are you where are you guys both located I'm in southern California okay that's where I'm I am in, I'm in Kentucky <laughs> yeah in Kentucky yeah Nice. I actually traveled to Kentucky. There was a high school there putting on a production of Bubble Boy, which, you know, is this musical I wrote. But the first oh, movie that came I wrote was called it. Bubble Boy with Jake Gyllenhaal. No yeah. one's seen this movie. But anyway, it turned it into a musical. If you guys like musicals, you should check out Bubble Boy on Spotify. And then I think I, a high school, a local high school did a production of it and I posted it up on YouTube. But Check out Bubble, but but I'm trying to think like it was a part of Kentucky that was really close to Ohio. Danville, That's probably where I'm like close to me. Yeah, I'm North Central Kentucky, so I'm about 40 minutes from Cincinnati. Okay. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's probably around where I. <laughs> yeah, probably in your zone. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lovely visit there. Yeah. In Kentucky. <laughs> are you are you in are you based in um, LA right now? Yeah, yeah. I'm almost, I'm really based in here. I mean, in the last six or seven years, 
my, my kids moved out or <laughs> empty nesters. So my wife and I have been spending a lot more time in New York and especially cause I just love shows. So I would see, you know, see, we would spend about three months a year there and I would spend all that whole time seeing shows. Mm-hmm. Wait, but how did you guys get to know each other then if you're Kentucky and South? That's a really funny. <laughs> <laughs> we met online through social media, the power of social media, really. Yeah. Yeah. We bonded over, what was the first thing that we, it was, um... Um, was it next to normal? Yeah, it was something, yeah. It was oh, something. Aaron, there's the Aaron connection. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> connection and that, which is actually ironically how I've met a lot of my friends is through Aaron and then we'd both oh. seen Moulin Rouge <laughs> yeah in Boston during the out-of-town tryout and then oh. we became friends like right after that mm-hmm. yeah well you know that Alice Ripley plays the brother Bubble Boy's mother on our cast recording oh my gosh I have to check this out I was about to say now I really have to listen to it yeah she's amazing I know I saw, I saw Alice Ripley on the the next normal tour when it was in LA God, 10 years ago? How was her voice? I, I think on that tour, she <laughs> shredded her voice. That's what I heard too. I, I, my memory is so foggy from it being 10 years ago. Yeah. I just remember being like, I'm seeing the show I love so much. Yeah. But yeah. I got to see it on Broadway. That was fun. Oh, I bet. My, uh, one of my acting teachers got to see it on Broadway and that was like his biggest brag. <laughs> In like all of our classes, like all of my theater classes in college, every single time I had him as a professor, he'd be like, well, I got to see Next to Normal on Broadway. <laughs> uh, I, I love it. The first time I saw, no, what? yeah, the first time I did see Aaron debate was he was doing a concert in LA probably like four years ago. Oh, wow. And so, yeah. I mean, I don't like live in LA. I live, um, it's right there. I spend a lot of time there. Yeah. So I'll say the first time you saw Aaron was about the same time I did because I saw him in company four years ago this summer. Oh. And that was like, that was a really big moment for me. That was a big like musical moment because I had never gotten to see company before. I had never seen a Sondheim show live before. Ah. So like that was like a really big thing for me. Yeah. So, and now company is like my all-time favorite musical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Which, speaking of which, what are like your favorite modern musicals? Cause like, obviously you love golden age musicals, but like, what are your favorite like modern ones? I mean, what, what do you call modern? Shows from the last 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go with 30 years. Okay. <laughs> so 1991 uh, to present. 30 years. Like, what have I really loved? It's like, I kind of need to, um, the amount of times someone asks me that and I have to Google musicals from the last like 20 years. I know because what it came out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think Book of Mormon was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I mean, obviously one musical my sister said she would go and see because she's a South Park fan. So like, yeah. Um, it's not really my style because it's very push the envelope raunchy, which as you can yeah. probably tell from Schmigadoon is not, is not me. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, oh, but, but, but obviously Hamilton. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I actually got, this is a crazy story because I got to see it. It's first preview on Broadway. Oh my gosh. And, and I'd gotten the tickets off of like some site and they were like six or seven rows back dead center to my left is sitting uh Lin-Manuel's wife 
Mm-hmm. To my wife's right are his parents. Like right now, so someone from <laughs> the <just> family <laughs> tickets up for sale. And it was the most, it was the greatest night of theater I've ever experienced. It was just yeah. electric, right? And it's with mm-hmm. this crowd, like they all were related to Lynn, uh, not all, but you know, a big the, yeah. the group that we were centered in. Yeah. That was just amazing. Hairspray is another one I love so Hairspray. much. I think the movie was great. We've the- talked about this. We think the movie might, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, movie adaptations of musicals, they can miss the mark sometimes, but we feel the movie adaptation of Hairspray is like, even with changes that were made, still fantastic. Right. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. And, and, and more often than not, they, they're not good movie adaptations of musicals but that one was so great I mean I study it I I I love it and I sort of when I was looking at making Bubble Boy the musical into a movie I totally studied Hairspray yeah that's a that's a great show yeah that's one of my shows like Hairspray is one of my like ones I grew up being obsessed with like um West Side Story is another one like those are like my like those are the shows that make me happy. Yeah. <laughs> Even though West Side Story is like one of the saddest. <laughs> yeah, well, what my, I think my top three musicals of all time would be Sweeney Todd, Guys and Dolls, and West Side Story. Two Sondheims in there. Love that. My yeah. top three well, are I'm all Sondheim. Huge Sondheim fan. <laughs> Ugh, I, we, uh, we love Sondheim. Mine are literally Company, Assassins, West Side Story. Those are like my top three. Ah, um, Assassins. Interesting. I love Merrily We Roll Along so much. That show, there was a production of it at the Wallace in Beverly Hills a couple years ago, like five years ago, um, directed by Michael Arden and oh. starring um, Wayne Brady and Aaron Lazar and Donna Vivino. And it was one of the most brilliant things I've ever seen. Wow. Cause, cause that's a, it's a, like a problem show in a mm-hmm. lot of, yeah. I ended up seeing it a second time because I, I just think the Michael Arden's direction is fantastic. Like what he did with Once on this Island and Spring Awakening, I think that man knows how to direct a show. Yeah, I saw yeah. both of those. Yeah. Also Into the Woods, I love. I love Into the Woods. So did you see, did you get to see Into the Woods at the Hollywood Bowl? No, no. They did that two years ago, three years ago. No, two. Yeah. And it was Sutton Foster and... Um, um, Skylar Aston and Patina Miller and Sierra Bog is like all these massive wow. names. It was so good. And Haley Kilgore from, um, you know, Once on this Island was in it as well. It was phenomenal. The Hollywood Bowl musicals are my favorite summer tradition. I'm so bummed they're not having one this year. Um, can I do a little pitch out? Cause I have a, a new musical. Yes, please <laughs> plug away. It's um, I wrote with Becca Brunstetter who's also doing the book for The Notebook. They're turning The Notebook into a musical. Mm-hmm. Us. But anyway, it's uh, we're getting a production. It was supposed to be last year. It obviously got canceled. But this January at the Olney Theater in Maryland, it's called AD 16. And it's a musical about teenage Mary Magdalene getting a crush on teenage Jesus. And, and, uh, and it's really one of my favorite things. And Becca and I kind of wrote the book together and then I wrote all the songs and they're very like 80s, 90s R&B. Oh my God. God. But Jalen Josie, I don't know if you know her from- She was she SpongeBob. Pearl and SpongeBob. Yeah, she's our Mary, Ben Fankhauser. 
is Jesus. Those voices are going to be that's amazing, amazing together. Yeah, do you know Ben? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. From yes. And I think he did a beautiful as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's kind of, I mean, they both have the two two of the most soulful voices yeah. ever. And uh, we've got a crazy good cast. And so that's that's sort of I'm my gonna have to, thing. I'm going to have to go visit my friend in D.C. Yeah, go visit. <laughs> January and February next year. Okay. Exciting. I'm going to oh. have to go. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. Is there, would you like to plug your social media? Where can sure. people find you online? You can follow me on Twitter at Syncopedia, C-I-N-C-O-P-E-D-I-A. I think I'm the same on Instagram too. I don't do as much of that. So it's probably less satisfying to follow me there. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's so great to talk to two people who like really love musicals and so really appreciate the show on the level that, I appreciate, you know, you just write, for me, my advice to writers is always write this thing that you would want to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's what Shmigadun is for me. So and I'm so like- excited that you responded. I'm so, ex- when I was just seeing uh, <laughs> Jill in tears <laughs> as, as she was watching, and I could tell from the soundtrack, like what was going on on screen. I was like, oh, good. That's the... <laughs> and that's and I'm in tears at that moment too so okay and if you ever need anyone to run social media or do anything for a show you're doing hit me up okay I need a job (laughs) if you need anyone let me know and I'll be there I'll do it 1000% great thank you well it's been a pleasure talking to you both absolutely thank you so much for being here and Jill, where can people find us on the socials? On Instagram and TikTok, we are at Thoughts Shared Podcast. And I am at It's Jill Hayes on all social media platforms. And if you want to follow me, hi, I'm Katie. You can follow me on Instagram at Complete Katie and on TikTok at Katie Fornia. Goodbye. Bye.